You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the uh, last uh, sharing socks of the month of June. Uh, and we'll hope that things go better in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lee Allen, Southside Sox duty geezer, and with me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will, who last night, we're recording this on Thursday, went to the uh, Wednesday night game, trekked all the way from North Hollywood down to Anaheim to watch the White Sox, and boy, it was worth it, huh? <laughs> oh, amazing. I mean, first off, you get that beautiful scenic drive on the five all the way down there, in which you get to drive somewhere between three miles per hour and 14 miles per hour, if you're lucky. Uh, what a waste of time. <laughs> that was absolutely abysmal to watch. I mean, from from warm-ups on, we got there a little early, and it turns out our theory that no one stretches properly before a game is 100% correct. I've never seen guys loaf more during warm-ups than this team. I mean, you, you've got you've got guys running with the uh, rubber band as the trainer's pulling them, and you can just see slack in the rubber band. There's slack there because they're not running hard ever. Uh, it it was just a, a disaster. I was there with uh, a former, at least maybe still a little bit, uh, Southside Sox guy Bill Mankey, bunch of other Sox fans. Sox fans turned out and. Uh, Angels fans were actually very pleasant to us. It was a, a good environment. The Angels employees were constantly complimenting uh, the City Connect jersey that I was 
I was wearing and Bill was wearing. Uh, we even made it onto TV. So you probably, even before my dad mentioned it, knew I was at the game uh, and knew that my wife had enjoyed an ice cream cone. A blue uh, one? What, what's with blue ice cream? Okay, first off, there was no blue ice cream. That is definitely just... On the TV, it looked like blue ice cream. Okay. Well, it was just chocolate vanilla swirl. No blue. I got to squash that word right now. (laughs) I I think just because someone was taking a picture of the TV. uh, Because, yeah, no way. No way. We're not going anywhere near blue ice cream. Uh, Come on. Come I can't believe you even accused us of that just now. This is not starting well. Um... But yeah, I mean, it was a it was a fun night to go and watch a major league team beat a little league team, and that is um, that's pretty much what we saw. You really most games. I mean, even if they lose, unless it's a complete blowout, which it wasn't, um, it was just hapless. Yeah, you have something to cheer about. Yeah, there was. I mean, the only Sox run, the guy was only on base from an error and scored on a wild pitch. That's not something that brings on enthusiastic cheering when it's run number one and you're still down by three. Um, I don't know. We, Did you get it? This is my question from being in the park. And I know you're not sitting in the dugout. You're just one of thousands of fans in the park on TV. I get the impression. And from the comments I read, so do a lot of people that this team is just dead. Yeah. That it is so flat, it might as well just be a piece of paper across there. Is that just TV because it's a bad filter for a lot of things? Or being in the ballpark, did you have that same feeling? Exact same feeling. Exact same feeling. And I mean, we were even, you know, we were in the second row. We were cheering on these guys and just trying to get some energy into them. And I mean, it is just dead out there. And and there's no real explanation for why it should be that dead out there. It, there's just an attitude on this team right now that is absolutely abysmal. And, you know, the number one way to change that quickly. We know. Is, we know. We all know. The whole White Sox <laughs> world knows. I is think to even Jerry Reinsdorf. Fire Tony. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know how you don't fire him at this point. He is, he is a – a textbook candidate for being fired midseason. It, like he checks every single box of the type of manager who would get fired before the all-star break. It, it makes no sense that he's managing this team. It, it is absolutely abysmal watching this, this club. I mean, Co- Kopech gave I us say a little this, something. I shouldn't but. admit it as a White Sox fan of, more than half a century since I first moved to Chicago in, in 1971. If a little genie put in my ear, if they lose 10 games in a row, he'll be fired. I would root for them to lose 10 games in a row. I should never say that I would root for that, but I would. Because I, I think would, losing 10 in a row would be worth it to get rid of him because they, they'd get them all back. Yeah, 100%. Oh, Absolutely. I would, you could stretch it to 12 for me and I'm still in, you know, the, the angels went on a similar streak. They fired Joe Madden, who is really inarguably a better manager than TLR at this point in their lives. And 
I, I would happily support a 12-game losing streak. I mean, we essentially go on 12-game losing streaks all the time. We just throw one win in there every now and then from from total luck that we faced a, a single-A pitcher or something like that. Uh, yeah, I would I would gladly support it. I, I would If last night was the first of the 10 in a row we need to get Tony fired, give me these next nine. Just roll over and die, White Sox, because you're doing that anyway. So let's just make it official so that we can get Tony out of there. I have never watched a less inspired baseball team. And I mean, I was I was in the 2012, 20, no, no, 20, 2010. Uh, I was going to Cubs games on the regular. I was living by Wrigley. I was going to see that Cubs team that was maybe going to lose 100 games. I was watching them play a Pirates team that was going to lose 100 games. And while there were, you know, often seven errors in the game, it was more inspired baseball than what I watched from the White Sox last night. Because those guys were all at least trying. They just sucked. These guys seem to not even be trying to win baseball games. And I know that that's an easy thing to sit back and say as someone watching, but you we're not dumb. We've been watching this game for a long time. You can see when guys are loafing constantly. You, they're not setting themselves up. The number of fly balls yesterday where the outfielders did not set themselves up to make with runners on base to make the throw into the infield, it was every single one. I would have tagged up first to second every single time on the White Sox yesterday if I was on the Angels. Because there's just no fundamental baseball being played whatsoever. Running to first base, I saw two guys run hard the whole game. Luis Robert on the spectacular diving catch made a third because it's embarrassing if you get thrown out on that play. And then Sebi ran hard once. So you got a catcher who still has something to prove, running harder than anyone else on the team. And then you have a guy who should beat out almost every ground ball, having to kick it into gear for what felt like the first time in, in months uh, to not be thrown out. Of course, on you know, and, and part of that, and, and, and I do think they're just dead out there. But, but this instruction that was given apparently to five players, the top five players in the batting batting order, positions one through five that don't bother hustling on, on a routine ground ball. Which boy, that that works well with every coach who's trying to teach kids how to play this game, um, or other anybody in any sport. Uh, they're being told essentially to loaf. If you can't run hard for ninety feet, that's that's a third of the distance somebody's great grandmother runs to catch a bus when she's halfway down the block. It's it's nuts, then you shouldn't be in the major leagues. And if it's because you're hurt, <coughs> excuse me, then you should be in the injured list. Somebody else should be brought up to play real hard and probably play real badly. But you should be on the injured list recuperating so that when you come back, you can run hard all the time, whether it's to first base or to catch a fly ball. It's It's just nuts that you would ever be told don't really hustle. Just crazy. And, and that they're and in that condition is insane. Um, and apparently 
what was the excuse for not uh, at the game you were at last night? Leury's up with with two guys on base, or at that point only two to nothing, and a lefty is on the mound who cannot leave. It's his third batter, and Andrew Vaughn is on the bench. Yeah, and he doesn't pinch hit. And the story was we're resting his legs. The guy is a 24 year old professional baseball player, major league baseball player, with a day off. The next day, they're not playing today. Who also hasn't been playing in the first seven innings. <laughs> right. <laughs> you rested his legs. You achieved that. How much can you blow out his legs in one at bat? As you said, he's 24. He's 24. If I was on that team and I could hit like Andrew Vaughn and I watched Lurie go up at the most pivotal moment of the game – against a left-handed pitcher, and the coach was like, we're resting your legs, I'd cold cock that coach in the face. Sorry, Tony. And I would be like, Tony, I'm firing you. I'm going up to bat. Like, have you I, – I, I can't say that the players aren't arguing their case to get in these games in these moments, but if you're a, a good hitter, aren't you going up to Tony being like, hey, man, legs are feeling good. Legs are feeling good. Those first seven innings I had off, that was nice. And we're off tomorrow, so let's do this. I mean, what the heck? It's it's just, it's pathetic. And, and you're absolutely right, this loafing thing. If you can't run hard to first base, and I'll also add, you know, because their warm-ups were as pathetic as I've ever seen from a professional sports team. If you can't run to first base without getting hurt every time, you shouldn't be in the major leagues. I'd be, I'd be way more interested in pulling up nine guys from Birmingham and putting them on the field tonight and just seeing what happens. Because you know they're going to play harder than the Sox have played in any game this entire season. They're, we're going to lose the game. But it would be interesting to see a bunch of guys who are trying to get the job get to have the job for a day and, and just see what happens because – I mean, Anderson, why, why is Anderson not running hard to first? What, we, we also, we, we know these infielders make errors. We, we've seen the third baseman throw it away. The shortstop then throws it away later. Running hard is what gets people to make errors. I mean, that is true from, from little league on up. That's why we say run hard to first base from when you're a little kid. Because if there's no pressure on the infield to make the play, then they make the play. And if the, if you are running hard, even if you're not that fast, if you're running hard, then you have added the difficult element to being an infielder. Yes, catching the ball, of course, but you, you practice that all the time. You're always practicing catching a ground ball. Major leaguers are almost always going to catch a ground ball. If you give a major leaguer time to make the play, I mean, there's no chance that they're going to mess it up. Like, you you have to be running hard, and we learned that from a young age. I, I was a, a guy who didn't hit the ball hard, but I was very fast. Half the time I got on base was because I ran hard to first, and I made the guys in the field make a play. And in high school, they're going to mess up a lot. Uh, even Even good players are going to mess up when you put that kind of speed pressure on them. We've got fast runners. We're, this is the thing that blows my mind. We're like 
we're like 38 of 40 for stolen bases. Yeah, so we've been caught stealing twice. Yeah, so now, we're, that is that is, and that's that's Roberts, Anderson, and Angle basically. That that's almost all of it. But that's a lot of speed, and in, in of course, Angle's out right now. But um, I mean, it's great. And, and another thing that gets me on this this same front, and it's interesting, and I really wish I could hear what happens when the loafing thing started. There was a game, I don't remember the game, but it was a while back. And uh, Stoney and Jason were talking about it. And Stoney brought up a story about Andrew Jones and Bobby Cox pulling him off the field for loafing and telling him, well, you're either hurt or you're tired. And either way, that's not good. You shouldn't be out there. So let's get you off the field for a while and see if you can recover from this problem. It's like, you know, like Andrew Jones missed two games the rest of his life. Um, I watched I remember that game. I watched that game. It was on TBS. It was during those TBS days where they made you watch the Braves all the time. And uh, I remember watching that game and the coaches of every team I was on for the rest of my life referenced that game. Right. So okay, Stony, Stony, and and Jason are talking about it, right? And they're they're obviously pretty bothered by this whole idea of being told to to loaf it down to down to first or to cruise or whatever it is. And it stopped. They did that for about two games, and it stopped. They never said another word. And there was a case last year because you know they know who signs their paychecks. Yeah. And I think they used to be tell it like it is, guys. But since LaRusso has been there, they're not. And there was a case last night, and I don't remember what it was. I'm I'm almost as old as the Hall of Famer baseball person, so my memory shot. But um, it might have had been a follow-up to Yermeen. It may have been something else entirely. But where the two of them were really getting on something and saying that this this is essentially this is wrong. I mean, doing it gently because they do know who signs the paychecks. But they were saying, you know, you got to change this. This is wrong. And then one day, it, and then that was it was a theme. And then one day it just stopped. And you know that somebody came down and said, "This stops now." And I think it. I think it happened again with the with this thing with running. They're not talking about that anymore. And I think they got got the word up. Oh, no, no, no. That's not your job to talk about whether our guys actually play like they want to win. Um, a hundred percent. And and I, I think that that's just two examples. And I think it's happened actually many times because Jason and Steve are obviously very, very smart when it comes to baseball. They know uh, in general, they're smart guys, but when they come to, when it comes to baseball, they're as smart as you can get. And when something wonky happens, they tend to comment on it. And you can tell that the producers who are getting word from someone else are saying, drop that, drop it, move on, move on. Because they react to the nonsense in when it happens. And you can tell they're getting a note slid or something like that. And this is not a conspiracy theory. I work in television. This is how things happen with producers. And they will just tell you what to say and not say. And, uh, you know, it, it is, it's a shame, but if they slide you a note that says, stop talking about this, or if you go to a meeting where they say, don't talk about Tony, don't talk about the loafing thing, you're not going to talk about it. And that's, you know, 
this isn't, you know, politics. This isn't Supreme Court stuff. This is baseball. So keep your job and just don't talk about it. I, I get that. I, I don't disrespect Steve and Jason for not going and, down. You know, I have, well, while we're on them, particularly on Sony, I'm not on Twitter. But I'm reading things from people who are on Twitter on how Stoney's kind of lost it and attacking anybody who isn't totally supportive at all times of everything about the team and telling them to get lost or leave. We don't need fans like you. That's weird. Well, okay. Well, first off, I, I will defend him a little bit there in that White Sox fans on Twitter, um, while some of you are great, most of you are heinous heinous, heinous, heinously behaved on that app. And the stuff that people write and tag Steve in is all, there's a lot that's really, really too much. So I actually am going to defend Steve and that attitude on Twitter because people feel like they can say anything on there, as we know, whether you're the president, former president, (laughs) or uh, on down to, to baseball fans. And you know, when a team is playing this badly and, and this uninspired, people get attitudes on Twitter. Um, I don't have as big of a problem. I, I would not say that Stoney's losing it, but it is probably relentlessly negative at him on Twitter right now um, because people really feel like they can say whatever they want to Jason and Steve and just by saying it, it, it counts. And uh, I... I I'm, I would hold back on on any reservations that that Steve is, <laughs> okay. is, because Twitter is especially White Sox Twitter right now is just a really really awful place. <laughs> it is awful. It's a whole bunch of people in a bad mood who feel like they can say whatever they want to whoever they want. So Steve has always been very good on Twitter, responding to people who actually want to talk about the game and backlashing at people who just want to say negative things about people. Uh, and of course we have a lot of that. That being said, I'm not, I can't defend them all the way. I mean, <laughs> you, you can easily not respond. So uh, that is, it, it's, it's weird to respond to the negativity is, is what I'll give you on that. Uh, but we should, we're, we're running long in this first half. Let's, let's take a break. We'll come back. We can uh, pick up on this, and then we should talk a little bit about what's going on moving forward and these pitchers. Oh boy! Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back on sharing socks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, welcome back to Sharing Socks. I actually think it's important that we um, have talked about all this stuff today, not because we're geniuses or experts on on effort or anything like that, but we do have eyes and we do know the game of baseball. And what we can see is pretty underwhelming and, and pathetic. Uh, I agree with you that there is some sort of stranglehold on the announcement team at this point uh, in terms of how they are allowed to critique the team. Um, 
uh, of course, Larusa is just a a a, a virus uh, coursing through the veins of this organization at this point. Uh, there is really no better way for me to describe it than he is a virus. He is, and w- whether it's on field stuff or off field stuff, he is the opposite in every way of what this team needs. And obviously, you and I have been anti Larusa from the start. Um, we love being proven right. And in this circumstance, we've been proven beyond right, way beyond right. And uh, which is also where Tony sits in the political spectrum. But uh, <laughs> in, in, in this circumstance, you know, uh, we we have to move on. We have to move on. I mean, it, it's not fun to watch baseball anymore. You know, uh, I was sitting with Bill last night at the game and Bill was like, see, you know, if we got rid of Major League Baseball, if we didn't have the White Sox, then what? Baseball would be fun again? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, it, it, it might be. Um, but, yeah, so l- let's let's talk a little bit about these three games. Obviously, Tuesday, um, the White Sox had an explosive offensive game. They do this thing now where they don't hit for 10 days and then they just go off for one day. Uh, we some really, really horrible pitching. Really that, horrible. That, that helped a lot. I, I mean, it, th- that was kind of the example I gave earlier of every now and then we, we get to play against single A pitchers and, and that's what happened there. I mean, it was just terrible pitching. We took advantage of it because how could you not, even with our effortless loafing ball club, uh, if you hit it out of the park, you get to loaf around the bases. So we did that for a game. Uh, and then the game before was Giolito, uh, who is done. Boy, it would be terrible to think that Lucas can't straighten it out. Um, I mean, he's been so good uh, since that year in the commercial in 2018. But, uh, you know, right. three three years and change, a really, really good uh, the stopper. You know, if things are going badly, in comes Giolito when we turn it around. Yeah. And he's really struggling again is it post-covid is it uh that he bulked up too much and he's not body's not loose like it used to be uh he's saying it's a mechanical thing if it's a mechanical thing he can fix it and the guys our pitching coaches coached him since he was probably 14 so uh, they should be able to figure it out but it's if it's mechanical it's taken a long time that's the kind of thing you think would be fixed in a couple games yeah, I, I, sure. Hopefully it's mechanical, but, you know, it, it, as you're saying, if it's mechanical and we've known this for a few starts, who's not fixing it? Who's not working on it? Is Katz not figuring out what the mechanical issues are? Is Giolito just not able to execute this change in mechanics? And it could be because of the bulking up, you know, a, you don't have to be jacked to be a great baseball pitcher. I mean, we've, we've seen that forever. You know, Randy Johnson was, he was obviously strong. He was very slender dude. And he's one of the greatest pitchers oh, ever. For our team, Chris Sales. The game. Chris Sales, a great example. I mean, there's, a, there's tons of examples of guys like that. Uh, if that's the case, then the strength and conditioning coach who should have been fired already 
should be fired all over again because it's that person's job to make sure that these guys don't do that. You know, that their mechanics, that their bodies are in a place where their mechanics can stay the same. And obviously our strength and conditioning coach is the worst in all of baseball. I don't well, we, even know. We got through, we, you should say if we even have, because we've got through a bunch. Great. Well, they all suck. Uh, but we got Giolito at a 5.19 ERA right now. And it is June 30th. So we are past the point of, oh, still a lot of time left. It's early. Uh, a, a 5.19 ERA heading into July is just outright bad. Uh, he has the worst ERA of any starter who is still with the team. Heichel is the only person who had a worse ERA through his starts. Um, well, t- technically, Lynn is 619, but he's only... Uh, yeah, Lynn, I think we actually can just say, you know, he's he's not back yet entirely. Uh, but, you know, you look at you look at the other guys on the team, and you've got Kopech at 2.78, and actually Kopech looked fairly sharp uh, last night between the first and the fifth. Uh, he actually, he, he looked pretty good there. Um, you got Cease at 2.56. You got Cueto at 3.33. With those starting pitching numbers, I mean, we should be winning about three out of every five games. I mean, those are those are good numbers. Those are just inarguably very good numbers. Um, we can't give them any run support, so these guys don't win any games. Well, it's not just it's not just run support. You know, the team ERA, and it's going to be interesting playing the Giants. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that, that the one kind of wraparound, all-inclusive defensive stat that Fangrass does, they call death right, for defense, I guess. And the Sox were dead last. We're not dead last anymore. You know who is? No. The Giants. So this should be a real clown show this weekend of defense. Wow. Yeah. yeah, they've been they've been really terrible all year on defense, and and in both cases, the team ERAs are in the worst third. The team FIPs are in the top third. That's because nobody can go get the damn ball. Right. Um, yeah. Well, well what's interesting know, about that is the Giants are still forty and thirty four in a much much you know harder division between the two teams. One has a the coach. manager. Yeah, they've got an absolutely excellent manager, and we got—I don't know what. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're serious, Miss Elliot. Yeah, it's going to be a battle. The first game, Alex Cobb, ERA five forty-eight, and a two eighty-eight batting average against against Lynn with a six nineteen ERA. Um, and then, and now, of course, we luck out. We we do not face in San Francisco by far their best pitcher, perhaps one of the best pitchers going, uh, be, some guy named Rodon. I don't know if you, you've heard of him, but we, I'm we not familiar with his work, but I'm uh, sure he's fine. You know, Carlos had, had, I think, two bad games in a row. And, and since then, he's given up seven hits and 20-some innings with, with wow. 28, 30 strikeouts. I mean, he's just been absolutely unhittable since then. So whether it was mechanical or he was having a bad day or whatever, he's completely recovered from that. Um, Saturday's game. That's going to be a good one. Logan Webb against Dylan Cease. That's their number two best pitcher. Um, that that could be a real ball game. There, a couple a couple of guys who are doing real well. 
someday, and I don't even know how to say Scafani. Is that how you say his name? Uh, yeah. Galifani. Uh, his ERA is 10. He was on, even now, he's just recently back from the 60 day. Uh, he has since, he's had two starts since coming off the 60 day, totaled five and two thirds innings and 12 earned runs. So this is the guy I think we can hit. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if we hit, we're not going to run hard to the bases anyway. So what's the point of hitting the ball? Uh, that is, to me, on paper, three games we should win. Based on my expectations for this team. Those are three games we should easily win. If you told me at the beginning of the year we got Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, and Lucas Giolito facing those three pit- up against those three pitchers, I would be like, boom, sweep. Bring out the brooms. Here we go. Uh, I was a lot more accurate on predicting the Baltimore series outcome uh, than you were. Uh, well, I said it would be three games to one. Did I stipulate who would have the three? You know, technically, I don't think you did. So I stand corrected. I stand corrected. I shouldn't accuse you of that. Um, we we don't even need to talk about how dreadful that whole experience was. Uh, oh, I want to I want to mention one thing in that series that I thought okay. was really really cool, really classy. And there was, in a losing effort, of course, when Cedric Mullins made an absolutely incredible racing full-speed diving catch to rob Andrew Vaughn of, well, it'd be a triple, except he's not supposed to run, so it'd be a double. But anyhow, <laughs> Vaughn got down to first base, and we talk about, Stoney likes to use the phrases as well, he gets that pitch in on you, you just tip your hat and go back to the bench. But we don't use the it literally. Vaughn, and I thought this was so classy, he, he went past first base and he literally tipped his hat to Mullins. And I thought, that is cool. That may be the only thing cool in the last who knows how long. With this well, the, there was another example of a very similar thing where Josh Harrison got robbed on a an incredible play a few days ago. And uh, he got to first and pretended to throw his helmet at the fielder in, in a very friendly way. Um, and that just kind of tells you that these guys do want to be here. They do want to play the game. They do. Their attitudes are not totally in the gutter for the most part. It's just, as we've said, and we'll continue to say, sorry, listeners. Uh, it's, it's management. It's management. You know, when you go into, uh, you go into, let's say like an Arby's, and the employees suck, the service sucks. And I'm not hating on actual Arby's. I've never had a bad Arby's experience, to be honest. But a fast food chain, we won't get specific. And the employees suck. They're mean. They do a bad job. That almost never has anything to do with those actual employees. Like, those are normal people who are just doing their life. They're doing a job. Maybe they're not that excited about it. But it's management. It's management. Because you could go into that same restaurant with those same employees with the new management, and they're incredible. And it's not – people aren't just inherently bad at things. They're not just inherently rude at service. They're they're just not. It it all comes from the top. And, you know, trickle down is a sensitive term. But when it comes to to getting results from – 
the people who are working for you. And I realize in, in baseball it's hazier, but I would, I would say like the players are working for the manager in, in, in a theoretical way. It comes, it trickles down from the top, the attitude and the effort. And that is, that is what we're seeing here. A hundred percent. It's coming from Ryan's door. It's trickling down through Tony. And then it trickles down into the way that they carry themselves on the field. But those little moments where you see Vaughn tip his hat or you see Harrison messing around, that tells you what this team wants to be. But it's just squashed by absolutely terrible management from the top all the way down. And I, it's, it's depressing. That's what makes this team depressing to watch. It's, it's not even that it's not fun. It's that we are watching a depressed baseball team right now because leadership is so unbelievably terrible. Um, I, I just, I am at the point now and I've held on a lot longer than most of my friends have about this season. And I actually don't think this season's over. I think this season is salvageable. However, I only think it's salvageable if they fire Tony. If we do not fire Tony, I do 100% believe this season's over. I don't think we're winning the division. I don't think we're winning the wild card. I don't think we're getting anything unless we fire Tony La Russa by the by the All-Star break. You know, we, we have to come back from the All-Star break with, with new life. And if we don't, this season's over. And, and we're going to send maybe one guy to the All-Star game. Tim, Tim will be a reserve. Um, that's probably going to be it. Uh, you could if Vaughn uh, no, no, can st- uh, stay hot. Pitcher, uh, position player. Uh, position player is what I mean. Yeah, see, yeah. see go for sure, and probably Kopech, and potentially Kendall Graveman if if there's. A oh yeah, yeah, we get into the um, season, yeah. But, but yeah, we, we have to turn over this management. We we absolutely have to. It's absurd that it hasn't happened already. It's offensive to the fans that it hasn't happened already. Obviously they've got the announcers <laughs> programmed to not talk about it or the prospect of it. Uh, this team is a shell of what it should be. And I know all the players listen to this and I'm sorry that we've been so hard on you guys today, but know that we actually think. I, mean, you I don't think it's do on this. them. And I think we, exactly. It's exactly. not on them. It, it's they're being psychologically crushed. And they were able to overcome that in the past. And that's what we said as soon as LaRusa got hired. You and I were on this podcast saying they're going to have to overcome what LaRusa is going to try to make this team. And they did for a while. We still saw the energy and the excitement. We saw the bat flipping. We saw the. And then LaRusa has now just driven this team into the ground to the point where they can't. And that's, that's the point I'm making about management. These guys are not inherently bad, just like those restaurant workers are not inherently bad at working in a restaurant. But when management drives you to be your worst self, that's the product that the the fans and the customers receive. And that is what we are getting right now from the White Sox, completely uninspired, dead inside baseball. Uh, That is about all the time we have for today. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, I, I do. If, uh, for all those players listening, I do recommend 
when you are in uh, San Francisco that uh, the seafood there can be just uh, absolutely amazing. And uh, Very true. Very true. So stock up on those uh, oysters, enjoy them, and uh, try to get us some wins out there on the West Coast. Oh, man. I'm, uh, I wish I could go up to see the games, but after driving to Anaheim, I've learned my lesson. Uh, and I will certainly not be making the five-hour drive to to San Francisco to see a baseball game. Uh, but thank you all so much for listening. Hopefully next week, <laughs> we keep saying this, uh, hopefully next week we'll be back with uh, some better news. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure if we get lucky and the roost is fired at some point, we will have an emergency episode uh, to celebrate. So a good emergency. Uh, and uh, we will see you next time. Hang in there, Sox fans. And we will see you next time on Sharing Socks.